0: it's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Publishing. Perfect Publishing is a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing is sharing a project of hope called the Dose of Hope. We carefully chose heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at addvalue number two, life.com slash dose. Add value to life.com slash dose. Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier. And as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. My guest today is Renee Kosler. Renee is a former professor turned entrepreneur. She took the most favorite parts of being a professor and created a coaching and speaking practice. She often uses her 40 plus years of outdoor adventure and mountain climbing to speak and write about leadership, team development, and personal development as she coaches clients to move to the next step in their life and business. She values the essence of desire and finds that when people identify their desires and move towards them. Their life demonstrates fullness and aliveness. She keeps people from saying, I shoulda, coulda, or woulda, and helps them navigate towards their goal, summits, and desires. Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm just so excited to, to learn your story and share your journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Robert. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, would you just start by sharing how you got started in entrepreneurship?
1: Oh, boy. How much time do we have?
0: (laughs) As much as you need.
1: I'm kidding. Um, Well, you know, it's not something I ever dreamed about becoming an entrepreneur. In fact, um, I don't even think I knew how to spell entrepreneur until about three years ago.
0: I don't think I still don't, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, Is it UE or is it EU? Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Um, But I was a professor of outdoor and environmental education in Virginia at Longwood University for 30 years. Wow. And so that was the bulk of my career. Um, And I retired three years ago and I knew at that point that um, I wasn't done. You know, I haven't reached a finish line. I'm not sure that I'll ever reach a finish line and decided that I would continue in this area of uh, coaching and teaching and training and things that I did when I was a professor. So I essentially took out all the things that I didn't like as a professor, like grading and going to meetings and mm-hmm. jumping through hoops and kept the things I really enjoyed, like speaking and coaching. So I got my certification through the John Maxwell team, my coaching certification. And at that time it was Christian who uh, was overseeing the, the that lane and I was also very keen on um, the speaking component, too. So I decided once I retired from that career that I would start this this other uh, piece and became an entrepreneur and um, business coaching and speaking and, and um, conducting workshops and trainings and those kinds of things. So. Yeah,
0: very nice. So. Yeah. So what was the biggest challenge in making that transition?
1: Ah, well, first of all, as we mentioned, is learning how to spell entrepreneur, Uh, because if I'm going to say an entrepreneur, I better certainly know how to spell it. Um, You know, the, the challenge was finding people, because I had lived in Virginia for 30 years, and then I moved to Colorado and uh and I'm a mountain girl I've been climbing mountains for over forty years, and um I knew that uh, I was going to be moving out west so i it wasn't my my population it's people I didn't really know, so I really reached out and tried to pound the pavement and finding people who were coaches and speakers and learning from them because I was starting from scratch. I didn't know how to start a business I didn't I didn't have any background in marketing and sales and you know all the, the typical language that people use, a completely different language than in higher education. So it took me a you know good strong year to sort of climb on board with that and sort of navigate my way around where do I go and who do I meet? And so that was that that became a very big challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what became the most effective? Um, for building your audience, for creating this this network?
1: Yeah, I think it comes from the heart. Uh, you know, I am, I think, uh, well, I, I don't want to say think. I, I, I am. I um, feel I'm very authentic. I'm the real deal. Um, and that makes it uh, not hard because it's, you know, I'm moved by my spirit. So, um I am keen on uh, helping people go to the next level, whatever that level is um, in business and, and in their personal life, because I believe in business coaching. It, it's a, a combination of both things, both personal and, and professional. And um, I am, um, people inspire me. And my whole mission is about, uh, first of all, being inspired in order for me to inspire other people. So. Um, that's an easy and, and fun, enjoyable, rewarding transition.
0: Absolutely. Well, you mentioned mountains, and of course, Colorado has plenty of mountains, but you've climbed some other mountains.
1: I have. Yeah, I have around the world. Yeah, certainly uh, the big ones here in the United States and Mount Whitney and Rainier and Mount Hood and um, Gannett Peak in Wyoming and the Teton. You no, know, the big ones, um, you know, the highest one at Mount Elbert here in Colorado, but Um, in Nepal, I, I, I was, uh, I took students on trips to Nepal and i have been to Nepal five times. So I have climbed, um, a couple of peaks there. And the biggest one was about two years ago called Island Peak, which is the highest peak I'd ever climbed at 20,300 feet and very technical and, um, you know, harness, crampons, ice axe, helmet. (laughs) <laughs> Mars, the whole nine yards at 20,000 feet. And um, wow. it was 63 and a half at that time. And it was a good challenge. The hardest thing I think I've ever done. Wow. But, you know, the message for me is that people don't know what their potential or their will is until they are faced. they're facing it. So unless people are willing to step out of the comfort zone, and see what they're really made out of whatever it is then you don't really know and it's such a reward to recognize wow i'm i'm mightier than i thought I was <laughs> <laughs> i can do things that i never thought i could do until they're faced to something that's um they don't think that they could actually do so Great uh, in Africa, Kilimanjaro, a few times. You know, just mountains around the world. So,
0: yeah. Nice. So I've I've flown into uh, Arusha a, a couple times, but yeah. had had work to do, so didn't have time to schedule a trip to do Kilimanjaro. But was always like, ah, there it is, right there. And so there it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so. it's a bustling place. Arusha is.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And I've actually been on the Nairobi side as well. So I've mm-hmm. been pretty blessed to to travel some and and see some incredible places. Obviously, it sounds like you've been to some incredible places as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is what? Uh,
1: adventurous spirit. Um, I think we all have it, but we have to tap into it, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think a few people has been really buried. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. The willingness to. You know, to fly to some place like Arusha or Nepal and and uh, take on a whole new new experience um, definitely requires um, turning on that adventure switch and uh, and just there's a lot of going with the flow mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot that uh, happens you're like I don't know what's going on right now mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, pretty exciting. So what was the connection to Nepal? What what was it was it the climbing, or was there another connection?
1: No, it was. Um, you know, I consider myself a, a chaser and climber climber of mountains. And I, you know, my first mountain I climbed was on October first, nineteen seventy seven. And I grew up in the Midwest, so everything is flat as a pancake there. So for <laughs> me to be exposed to mountains, and I, I never even knew what it was like to climb a mountain, but I was with a a group of other college students and we got to take a semester off and spend uh, a month of that semester in the Wind River Mountains in Wyoming and uh, backpacking and you know river crossings and cooking outside and pitching your tent and knowing how to navigate and, and those kinds of things and we had the experience of climbing a mountain I mean technical mountain where there's ropes and harnesses and you know, that sort of thing. And I thought, ooh, this sounds exciting. And um, that completely transformed my life, that one experience. And it gave me uh, inspiration and purpose like I'd never recognized or even understood at that point. And uh, so I decided from that point on, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yes, climbing mountains, but it was more than that. It wasn't about just climbing the mountain. It was about what I learned in that process, you know, in the journey of climbing that mountain. The determination, the focus, the strength, the will, um, the, the team around me, all of those things I, I have used throughout my career as a metaphor to how we run our businesses, how we run our lives, how we keep putting one foot in front of the other. It just makes sense to me. So it's, um, so when I got to, you know, I had climbed a lot of mountains here in the United States, I thought, well, I got to go to Nepal and see the big one, right? See Everest. So I had a sabbatical for my university and decided to, to look at the degradation of all the popular trekking routes in Nepal, which was the Khumbu Icefall area and Everest Base Camp, and then also the Annapurna's. And um, so that was my excuse to go to Nepal. So I went there on my own and I met this guide um, that I hadn't met before. And um, so that was my first introduction in 1998 to see Mount Everest, and that's the first time I saw this other peak that I had just climbed a year and a half ago. It was in 1998. So it's, it had taken me 20 some years to get to the point of climbing this other
0: peak, yeah, so. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what's the next climb?
1: Uh, well, I had planned to do the Matterhorn this past summer in, in Switzerland. But because of COVID and the travel restrictions and what's going to be open and you know what kinds of issues and I'm gonna, so I've just transferred that to next summer. So all fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping it'll be next summer. Wow, it's isn't terribly high. It's not that much higher than the highest 14 are here. Um, but there's some. It's technical and you know. Um, so yeah, it's in Switzerland. It's in Switzerland. The Matterhorn is such an an incredibly beautiful peak that, you know, you see it in all kinds of advertisements and you think, oh, I got to do that
0: one. (laughs) That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So obviously, as a professor, you had a great deal of confidence in presenting and and teaching. Um, What allowed you to transition that confidence into your coaching and speaking?
1: Yeah, you ask really interesting questions. Um, I, you, you know, it's it wasn't a hard transition because I I just loved teaching and I loved you know having an audience and it, it's it was never about me. It's always about them and um, the engagement and the sharing all in one space and that's how I always felt it. I never felt like I was on the platform and. You know, look at me, or or that kind of thing. It was more about what can we share together in this experience. I give you some information. What do you gain from that? And let's let's go back and forth in this. So it's usually me speaking and then doing some sort of an engagement or an activity with an audience. So it's connection. I love connecting with other people like yourself, and um, it's it becomes. Uh, kind of a natural opportunity to get to know people without um, with, with, without intimidation or without a, a hierarchical level or anything. It's about connecting.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, I like that. <clears throat> yeah, connection is is so important.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: And as entrepreneurs, we recognize that you know, connection is pretty much the only way we can grow yeah. our business. Um, so how did, how did you transition in, uh, obviously in this last year, how did your business handle the transition in, in COVID?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't feel as if I had, um, I don't look at it as dark days or feel like it, you know, you know, it wasn't a woe's me. And I know, I know, I know. And I appreciate what so many other people went through in their businesses. It was so hard for so many people. Um, but because of what I do, you know, so much of it was not a, a tough transition to just to go virtual. Um, but I also kept doing things face to face on trails So I have this program called mastermind on the mountain and where I take people out on guided hikes and we do some masterminding along the trail. We do activities along the trail and, and I usually choose a topic and then something that's going to be applicable to their business. And someone given some insight and some application to how they make alterations in their own business or thinking about how they can make some changes in their business. And, um, it's outside. It's surrounded by nature. It's a lot of informality, and it's a great way to connect with people. That um, you know, you bring other entrepreneurs together, and so when it was the heaviest part of COVID, you know, we were six feet apart. We wore masks, but we were outside and still making connections face to face. So um, you know. Uh, you can never go wrong with nature in my opinion. <laughs> nice.
0: No, that's, that's a terrific, what a terrific model, right? To, yes. to and, and still be able to to keep doing that. Um, sounds inspiring and exciting. So. Are you a hiker? Uh, not much. <laughs> I used to be, I was a scout, Eagle Scout, have climbed Elbert and and a few others, you know, here in Colorado, yeah. um, mostly just to help scouts be able to experience their first 14er and and get you know, get that, get that checked off. Mm-hmm. Um, but raising kids and being in ministry and other things have all kind of mm-hmm. slipped <laughs> out on the back burner. So, um. well,
1: you know, the people that come are not naturally hikers either. We don't go far, five to six miles at the most, and it's a morning. It's a Friday morning, and it's pretty. Uh, you know, we don't leave anybody behind. We're not out there to like, you know, get to the highest, you know, we're not that kind of, you know, that's not my
0: purpose. So nice. I definitely think, uh, it sounds interesting enough to check out. Yeah. Yeah. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, dream life planner, move from tired and overwhelmed to free and empowered by Noel L. Peterson available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, 2Dream.com. That's Empower, number 2, Dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So let's talk about um, character and um the value of character as, as an entrepreneur. Ooh,
1: you just hit a big button for me because <laughs> I have just finished writing my second book and it's uh, called inflappable leadership lessons from climbing mountains. And I really hone in on the concept of character and how important that is. And I talk about influencers. I talk about John Maxwell <laughs> I talk about, um, and I created this this quote that it just came out while I was writing, and it is influence without character is dead end leadership, hmm. and I really believe that. I really, really value character in clients. And other entrepreneurs and people that I connect to. And character comes in all shapes and sizes, but essentially it's the basic foundation of do unto others as you would have them do unto you.
0: Mm, so good.
1: You know, show up, um, be present, come on time, respond to people when they reach out to you. You know, it's just the basic, 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 basic things. You know, honesty, integrity, yes, yes, yes. But the things that are easily done don't take too much effort to do those other things. And I think that all is sort of the package of character. So I value character and hold myself accountable in that same way. I mean, if I mess up and none of us are perfect. So <laughs> if I mess up, I'm gonna I'll be the first to say, look, I messed up and you know, I I will make it up, whatever I say, but, um, yeah. So it's important. So good
0: question. Absolutely. Well, and, and of course, character is, is a mindset, right. In in some regards, right. How you handle just basically how you're making your decisions day to day and living your life. Um, and one of the most valuable things that I've found for setting yourself up, um, raising raising your level is is gratitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are you, what are your thoughts there about
1: being gratitude yeah. to other people?
0: Just, just an attitude, right? Just a and
1: like even in the storm you got to be happy, right? You <laughs> know like thank you for this because I wouldn't be able to go to the next level if I didn't have this storm.
0: Oh, so uh, good.
1: Yeah. You know, so, you know thank you for this difficult time and in, in the present it sounds it seems awful but you know when we look back on our lives and think about all the you know the the times that we struggled and had challenges and thank goodness we had those <laughs> um because we grew so much through those and we realized that we can't sort of skip over them or go around them we have to go right through it so um yeah so gratitude and you know, gr- you know, people talk about gratitude journals on a daily basis. I don't keep a gratitude journal, but I keep a journal that I write all sorts of things in there. But um, uh, yeah, gratitude is is really really important.
0: Nice. Obviously, you mentioned John Maxwell a few times. And um, what other how how have mentors served you in your entrepreneurship?
1: You were just hitting on all those pieces in my book, from my book. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, you know, it's interesting because I um, my dissertation research was on leadership. And uh, one of the things I found statistically was that women respond to mentoring greater than men do. Mm. And that is um, what moves them and helps them continue in that process of leadership development. And, um, I thought, wow, that really, that came out statistically that that really in the distinction between men and women. And it wasn't a dissertation on women. It was on leadership, uh, re- related to wilderness education and leadership development and wilderness education. And, um, so in my book, I talk about mentoring and the value of mentoring and what it meant to me. And then in my dedication, uh, I recognize all the mentors in my life, throughout my life. And nice. goodness, how, you know, I'm grateful. Talk about gratitude and being grateful. Wow. You know, thank goodness I had mentors to help guide me and, you know, be behind me and in front of me and give me direction. and. Yeah, and good role models.
0: I I wonder if the difference between men and women in growing in relationship to a mentor has to do with ego versus empathy.
1: Well, I th- I think so, but men are m- more reliant on skills. They say, I climb that mountain, that's leadership development to me. So I think you're onto something. And that's what I found in my research is that they 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 respond more to the skill component and what they experience, whereas women respond to the role of mentoring from other you know look at and and mirror and reflect and and um, you know I guess respond to people who have been there and done that. So not good or bad. It's just that's what came out in the
0: research. Yeah. So men have to smash their thumb with the hammer on their own before they'll figure it out. And- women to go I'm not going to smash my thumb because my mentor told me not to
1: <laughs> exactly that's probably um, true <laughs> yeah, I
0: can I can see that a little bit um, so let's talk about your business a little bit as far as obviously you've got some adventure minded people for your mastermind on the mountain um, how did you choose your your niche how did you decide who who you want to serve and, and how you want to serve them?
1: Well, you know, I'm not sure I know the niche yet.
0: <laughs> Fair but, enough.
1: Yeah, you know, because, and, you know, even when I started as an entrepreneur, people was like, you gotta have a target audience. You gotta have a niche. You gotta do it all. And I'm like, people, people. I mean, you know, think about coaching. Um, people come in all shapes and sizes. Entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes young, old, different professions, different directions, different levels of where they are in their growth in their in their business so uh, I can't narrow it down to one target population it just doesn't work for me it doesn't but um, you know I'm most natural and comfortable with the outdoorsy types because that's that's my area but it doesn't it doesn't have to be that because I'm comfortable just about with I, I think just about with any people, if they're people, then uh, we'll we'll connect. We'll find a way to connect.
0: I love that. That's good. <laughs> All of us should be able to connect with people, and and I think uh, you know a niche just really helps in the beginning, especially if uh, if you find the people that you naturally attract first, then it's easier to find the next. You know, those people are going to refer you to the next level of people, but but having a focus can be can be beneficial in in building that tribe and I, and I think outdoorsy is definitely a focus right that's definitely a that's a that's a type mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. so, and obviously you you could have a deeper connection to people that understand what it's like to be outside compared to the people that are staring at four white walls and a fluorescent light all day
1: mm-hmm. a natural just an automatic
0: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i think uh and of course, I think those people with the four walls and the and the fluorescent light are begging to go out there. So I think so too. <laughs> let me out! Let me out! <laughs> uh, so, so what inspires you? Oh boy,
1: uh, that I value mission. I value, and I, I really am. Um, what is the word that I really help people recognize and, and try to unearth their potential and their purpose? Why are they? Who are they? Why are they here? Where are they going? And so that in the future, when decisions come about and they're deciding between this job or that job, or they're deciding about this location or that location or they're making a decision, they can always go back to their purpose who they are and why they're here. It'll make that process so much easier. Now that's not, it doesn't happen overnight. They really have to spend some time thinking about how to develop their purpose. But I think its uh, that's really, really important to me to help people recognize that, because that just makes their life easier, I think. I think it just does. So um, now I've lost your question. (laughs)
0: No, we were just talking about, um, oh, no, I forgot. Oh, (laughs) you started with the value of of mission, helping people figure out.
1: what inspires
0: me? Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. That inspires me. When other people, when light bulbs go off, (laughs) you know, people inspire me. Doing new things that are uh, either out of my comfort zone that I've never done before, um, meeting interesting, intriguing, growth-minded people inspire me, people that, you know, help me think differently and and have that growth mindset and people who are going places. I I want to go, too. So if you're going, take me along. <laughs> you know, that's, inspir- that's inspiring to me. And uh, people have done amazing things. An artist. Tomorrow I'm going to the Van Gogh exhibit. I'm just thrilled about that. That's going to inspire me. I don't have any artistic ability. I have a lot of artistic ability thinking and developing and creating that way. But artsy stuff and, and painting and all that, I don't have that. But I really am inspired by people who have that skill and talent. So those are, you know, some inspirations for sure. And then that is my road to you know, seeking inspiration. I'm always trying to put myself in places that I can be inspired mm. so that I can continue to feel as if I can inspire other people, either through coaching or the programs that I offer. Cause then it's from the heart, you know, then I feel like I can, that it's meaningful and I'm not just making this stuff up because you know, inspiration can come through someone.
0: Oh, absolutely! So, we've we've talked a lot about mountain climbing. So, what do you love to do in your free time besides mountain climbing? Oh
1: goodness, uh, I'm a biker, uh, both mountain and road biking. So that's that's fun. Uh, love to travel. Um, I'm not a cook. I wish I could say I am. I don't really cook. I don't really like to cook. I do it as a utilitarian thing. Like, okay, I throw some chicken on the grill or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it, much and I like old movies. I kind of love black and white movies. I love Westerns. Nice. Like old Westerns, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, those <laughs> those old Westerns. Um, I'm a Doris Day fan. So I watch, a, you know, the old Doris Day movies from the 60s. And, you know, she's still light and fun and, you know, giggly. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm a big snacker. I love to eat snacks.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: and salsa are to die for. And you cannot put chips and salsa in front of me without me just like hoarding the whole bowl.
0: I'm I'm, I'm with you there. I, I'm a definite chips and salsa fan. So on that note, what, what, what was your favorite dinner or fa- favorite, you know, extravagant meal someplace? Oh, goodness.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I love Thai food and I had Thai food when I was in Thailand years ago. But, uh, you know, it was nice because I loved it so much that to have it in, in the authentic place was, was pretty special. So I would say Thai food.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh-huh. So what's Renee's big dream?
1: Um. Yes, I was driving on the way to uh, and having my own little quiet Spiritual time on the drive to my networking meeting this morning, and I thought I'd really like to, I'd like to be a TED talk. I'd like to have a TED talk.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be you know kind of a cool dream.
0: There you go. That's okay. pretty. I own cool. an RV, okay. Oh, there you go. A <laughs> TED talk. So if you have an RV, then you can go from TED talk to TED talk.
1: <laughs> That's the point.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. A young entrepreneur is sitting across from you now, and you've got the chance to to share Renee's words of wisdom. (laughs) What would you share with them? Mm
1: -hmm. I'd say, number one, don't quit. Mm. Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, it's not easy to start. But if you've got the spirit and you've got the purpose behind it and you've got the intention and the focus, you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. And certainly there are times when I think, am I doing the right thing? Am I, all the energy and time and money that I have spent in creating a business, is it worth it? And I'm always having self-talks about, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? (laughs) But I know somewhere in there, yes, I keep getting confirmations that it is the right thing to do. And I just, if a young person were sitting uh, across to me, and just keep going. If you're in the you're in the right place, if you know you're in the right place, just keep it going.
0: Nice. Well, I look forward to uh, to your book, and just appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much, Robert, for having me. I've really had a good time. I hope we get a chance to get to know each other a little bit more.
0: Oh, I hope so too. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Chris Voss and Robert talk about Chris's incredible business building experience. He shares a business secret that he calls a crazy Ivan. We talk about the mind of a child and engaging the human spirit. Chris shares business wisdom from the trenches to help you grow your business.